this is practical marketing strategies, um, marketing and communication strategies, I, I should say. So we are going to talk about some really practical things. We're not necessarily talking like big picture vision kind of stuff. We're talking about like the nitty gritty basic stuff. And we can get into those things even more detail in Q&A. So we're going to start out with, um, I've heard a lot of people say that when you talk about church marketing, they kind of just go, Whoa. like it just sounds it just sounds like maybe you're trying to push something through or you have an agenda, which we do. But um, so what really is marketing? So I look up, when you look up what is marketing, the answer you're going to find is the action or business of promoting and selling products or services, including market research and advertising. That is really blah. Like that is really, that does not help anybody, especially in this case. So really for churches, and I'm going to be talking, we're, we are going to really focus in on youth ministry um, strategy for communication and marketing for youth ministries, but I might just say churches a lot because a lot of these things can kind of um, flow between departments or ministries or whatever. So I'll talk about the church as a whole quite a bit. But when we talk about marketing for churches, what are we really saying? It boils down to communication. It's just communication. It's just a strategic way of communicating through, you know, on, in different mediums and different ways that you're going to make sure your message is getting out. So we are communicating often about um, information. We're communicating information. So we're communicating about events that a lot in youth ministry. <laughs> There's a lot of events and we're trying to make sure the message is getting out about deadlines and prices and how to get involved in all this kind of stuff. So we're communicating about um, events, so information and communication. But really overall, we're also communicating a greater message. And that obviously is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sorry, this is the end of the way. <laughs> we narrowed the doorway accidentally there. Trying to keep us all from sweating to death in here. <laughs> so that is really the point. So when we really drill it down to what we're looking at, we're looking at communication. So marketing, we might use that word in here a little bit, but that's really what we're talking about is how we communicate our message. So I wish I had a podium. <laughs> this is my cart. Why is church marketing, youth ministry marketing, why is this even important? Why are we talking about this? We have a million things to do. I personally have a million things to do. So why, how, why does this even matter? And I was thinking about that this week, um, trying to just kind of really focus in why does this make a difference? How does this make a difference? It's kind of funny because I was, I was scrolling through Facebook um, one day this week. I came across a Pentecostal evangel now called PE News or something like that. Com. The old school AG people, we know what Pentecostal Vandal is, but now it's PE News. And um, they had this article, Church Planning Takes to Social Media. I don't know if anybody follows this. I'm a nerd, so I follow all this stuff. But it was really cool this week talking about a church um, in Florida, actually, a church plant that has just grown, just really exploded. And they are attributing so much of that growth to their presence on Facebook. Really interesting. Even from a personal um, perspective, I attend the church I attend today. My husband and I were in ministry a long time, and when we transitioned, we were looking for a church to plug into, and kind of like, not sure where to go, we found our church on Facebook. That's exactly how it happened. We, I, like probably half of my friends on Facebook are pastors. So <laughs> a lot of things like this pop up. And um, we just saw an article on Facebook that was shared about this, and we were like, hey, let's just check it out, and that's how we got connected. So in, especially in such a digital age, this is how we find things, this is how we find information, this is how we communicate. Um, marketing is, is 
just very, very important to make sure that you're, you have a strategy. The other thing, of course, we just said is to communicate information. So this is how we get the message out about anything we're doing. Um, thirdly, we need to communicate a message, the message. We'll get into that too a little bit today. And um, why is church marketing so important? Another thing is consistent on-brand message um, and a style that fosters a trustworthy image. We're gonna talk about that too. Super exciting. I say super fun a lot, I'm just a nerd that way. So if I had my PowerPoint, which was so awesome, this would be a little bit easier to follow, but you're just gonna have to take my word for it and listen to my words. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of break this down into a few different um, sections and work our way through what does youth ministry marketing and communication strategy look like. And we are going basic. We're not gonna dig super deep because we have like not enough time. I could, we could talk for days and days on um, a lot of the details. But the first thing that you need before you can develop your strategy is you need a brand. You actually probably heard a lot about that this morning, and if you're paying attention, plugged into culture right now, you hear about brand everywhere. We talk about brand, it's just like, it's just a big buzzword right now. But, um, so when you're thinking, okay, brand, really what does that mean for youth ministry? I love, I went to um, a conference, it's called She Speaks, a couple years ago. It's for women who are speakers, writers, bloggers, Christian women, and they were drilling this whole concept of brand into our brains. And what they said, and I love this, is a brand is a promise to be the same wherever someone finds you. It's really simple. The promise to be the same wherever someone finds you. So a brand is a promise of consistency. It's really critical, especially when you're in youth ministry and you need to have you know, some consistency to your message. So that is what a brand is. So developing a youth ministry brand, and I made kind of really, really fast this week, I made sort of like a little really simplified hot sheet there that's in your packets that we passed out about, okay, so what are just the most important key things that we need to hit when we're developing a brand? Um, that, like I said, was just kind of a off the top of my head thing. You can do a lot more research on this specific topic and find some amazing aids on the internet. But really what we wanna bring it down to for youth ministry is that, first of all, seek God's direction like I don't know I feel like that's obvious but really okay God what is your vision what is the vision for this ministry what is the direction that we need to go what are our goals what you know just dream big and pray and it was really great the keynote this morning was talking a lot about um, talk to the people around you go look for um, the opinion not opinions but input from people who are around you who are paying attention to what's happening in the ministry or who have a lot of experience. So that can also be a part of you capturing, understanding, okay, God's, God's vision. So I'm sure that a lot of you already have that. So now what do we do once we have a vision, a plan? So one of the first things to do is develop your mission statement. If you have one, great. Maybe take a look at it every once in a while, make sure that it's really hitting the target. Once you have a mission statement, the most important thing that you develop from that is your elevator pitch. And this with youth ministry is actually a critical thing. An elevator pitch is about a 20 second statement or a couple statements kind of strung together where you just take that whole vision for your ministry and you boil it down to about 20 seconds and it's just boom, boom, boom. It should be memorized. You should be using it constantly. Um, people should just know. People around you, your kids in your youth ministry, just be like preaching it right with you because they get it. They understand the vision and they understand. 
So they call it course elevator pitch because when you're in an elevator with somebody in business, if you have a couple seconds to kind of tell someone what you're doing and capture that really important few seconds you have with them, what are you gonna say? So in the time it takes to ride an elevator with somebody, you should be able to present your vision and present your, um, your goals, everything. So I would encourage you in developing a, an elevator pitch. I like saying elevator pitch, some people think it's like, sleazy sounding but I think it's cool um, again go on the internet just Google Google how to how to create an elevator pitch and then really think about that okay so our vision for our youth ministry is this how do we boil that down into 20 seconds how can I preach this to someone in 20 seconds and really make sure that they understand the vision so um, then once you have those things come in place you need a logo I, I really think that that's pretty re attainable for everybody a really good solid logo um, once you have a logo, another thing I would recommend is to choose consistent fonts. And this is where the, the nerd in me, <laughs> who works with paper a lot, um, is where my eye goes. When things are consistent, you can just choose like two fonts. Um, again, the blogger in me would want to create a style sheet. You don't need to do that. Just say, hey, this is just what we like. And we're, this looks good. And we're just going to use this on everything. So that you don't end up with flyers being passed out that are kind of all over the place. Nothing matches. Just bring consistency to what you do. It's, a, it's spirit, in the spirit of excellence. It's just something to think about. Think about your fonts. Love fonts. Um, and then lastly, it's just consistent communication style. And um, I think in the worksheet you can just kind of make notes on what you feel about that so what is a consistent communication style we can spend a lot of time on that so I'm just gonna throw that out to you and then you can uh, do some research or we can talk more about that later because we could just really go on a major rabbit trail there so once you've developed the concept for your brand um, you need to start thinking about platform so your platform is the ability to influence an audience. Really simple, that's why we call it a platform because speakers preach, except for me, preach from a platform. <laughs> so um, having the ability to influence. So what that means is um, for youth ministry specific, probably your, your key targets when you're thinking platform for youth ministry, it can be boiled down to two categories, website and social media. So for your website, who has a website for your youth ministry specific? You do. I, I don't see a lot of them, to be honest. My, my thought here with any of this, especially website, is that it's really a good idea before you feel like you have to dive into some deep, dark, murky territory here and spend a ton of money, which you don't. But before you feel like you need to take on another huge project here and develop a website, I would say you, you really need to look at what you already have, what you already have access to, and do the best you can with that. So, um, for instance, your church website if your church has a website which hopefully hopefully your church has a website then can you have a page that's dedicated to youth ministry think about your url so if it's your church url slash your you know student ministry name or something simple that you can put on things um, but think through how it's going to look and how it's going to present on on paper when you're linking to it whatever you're doing um well, okay, so we'll just say, <laughs> let me just give you a couple ideas. I think I have a lot of things on the resource page that you can look up. By the way, this resource, resource page 
is non-exhaustive, and that's on purpose because there's so much out there that it just gets overwhelming. These are things that I feel like I've either used and can definitely recommend, or I know other people that are just like, this is the best. So these are just some options to try in some of these different categories. So if you're looking at it going, there's a lot more out there. There is, but it just could get overwhelming to try to throw tons of resources at you. So these are kind of some, some key resources that'll be really helpful in all these things we're talking about today. So for a website, um, I am a blogger, <laughs> so that does influence my opinion on a lot of things. Um, and as a blogger, but I also have managed content on websites for years and almost exclusively on WordPress. Um, I started blogging on Blogger and there's nothing wrong with that, but um, WordPress is just, WordPress is the gold standard, really. I would use WordPress, it's really easy. A lot of people know how to use WordPress already, so it's a lot easier if you're trying to get help to manage your website to um, use WordPress for your website. I, I know that people do amazing things with actual, you know, from scratch <laughs> designing websites, but sometimes they can be difficult to manage and that's, that's a really important thing. If it was me, I would say, I would say go with a self-hosted WordPress, which means you are going to need to invest in, um, uh, in the website, initial startup cost, but it's not heavy. Um, my hosting right now is like $10 a month. So if you have a budget for that, that's a great place to use it. But so I, I'm a fan of WordPress. We do all of our websites on WordPress, but um, there is a difference between WordPress.com and WordPress.org. If you use WordPress.com, it will be free to start up. You don't have to worry about hosting. It'll be totally free to you. However, if you ever wanted to do any sort of e-commerce, so if you even wanted to do um, an option for people to give like Speed the Light offering through your website or to purchase t-shirts, I know that's thinking kind of big, but just know that if you do a free WordPress site, you will not be allowed to, use, to do any sort of e-commerce on your site. So self-hosted is WordPress.org, and that's where you will have some initial startup costs. You're gonna need to buy um, your platform, buy templates, that kind of thing. I think for me, my initial cost is around $100 for like a, you know, a template that I could customize and I use the Genesis platform. So it's really not heavy and for an, a decent website, it's pretty, pretty good. You can really do it yourself if you feel like it, if you feel like you have time and want to put the energy into that. Um, and then of course you're gonna have your monthly hosting and you're also gonna wanna buy your, your UR, URL, buy your, yes. The main reason for me, WordPress.org, to be self-hosted is so that um, I can make money. So on my blog, I make money. <laughs> so I actually make money. On WordPress.com, if you don't think for your youth ministry that's ever going to be a thing, and it most likely won't be, like, unless, like I said, you're going to sell t-shirts or take payments through your website for any events or anything, then you don't even need to worry about it. And WordPress.com is a great way to go because it's totally free. You don't have to worry about hosting, all that. You can actually use Blogger to make a decent website. You just need to make sure you change out your favicon, which is the little B that will show up by your URL and it gives you away uh, that you're using Blogger. And also make sure you take out the Blogger bar that's at the very top, which if you don't mess with it, then you don't need to worry about it. But um, also I've heard good things about Wix and Squarespace for being pretty easy to set up websites. Again, it's not something I use because it's just not my, just not what I would do, so. So website, super important anymore. That's just how we find stuff. We just, we just do. If I'm thinking, I'd like to check out that church down the road, I Google them, you know, or 
um, I'm thinking, I wonder if there's a youth ministry for my kid to get plugged into in this area. I would Google that. So just gone are the days of um, driving by church and being like, let's go there on Sunday. It's just not, just not how it works. So um, every church should have a website for sure. 100% every church needs to have a website. I'm just, just my, I just believe that so strongly. It does not have to be crazy or fancy. It can be a free wordpress.com website, whatever. But every church needs to have a website. Um, and then youth ministries, I think it's really, really valuable. It's really valuable. It can put a lot of information on that space and um, it can be really great for you. So we can talk more about that. But moving on into the next part of platform. Platform, um, the next very fun subject is social media. Very fun for me. I'm kind of and just by nature, I'm very interested in social media. I'm not one of those that's like, I'm getting off Facebook. Like, no, you know, I might scale back if I'm overusing it. But I just find great community on social media. I find great um, information, outlets, a lot of great things on social media, a lot of great tools um, within those communities. So with social media for youth ministry, okay. So there's so many options. Obviously, the most important places for you to be are where your teenagers are. So kind of getting the finger on the pulse of what's happening in your area, your community. Like I've heard youth pastors talking about Twitter and I'm like, who's on Twitter? Like, I mean, I'm on Twitter, but that, I mean, I don't know teenagers on Twitter, really, to be honest with you, I don't. Um, but in some communities where you're at, that just might be a big thing. Some popular kid in your high school got on Twitter and everybody's like, Twitter, Twitter, let's Twitter, you know, let's, everybody's tweeting. Um, so just kind of pay attention, talk to your kids, find out what they're using. I will say that for sure, 100%, you need to have a Facebook page. That has become, like when I talk about um, websites, people searching for something in their area or just trying to find out something about you, Facebook is also used the same way now. When I want to find out something about a business, about a church, about a school, I'm, just, I'm looking for schools for my daughter right now. So I am like all over Facebook, like looking, what are people saying? What, what's happening? What are they doing? So an active Facebook page, because a dead one is like, that's worse than none. But an active Facebook page is just as important as your website. So even if you're not really a Facebook user and you're like, my kids really aren't on Facebook, they're all on you know, uh, Instagram or whatever, it, it doesn't matter. It's the same really principle as your uh, website. You need to have an active Facebook page because Facebook is one of the largest um, search engines now, Facebook and YouTube. Facebook and YouTube right up there like, with Google as far as social searching. So you definitely need to have a Facebook page. Now what to do with your Facebook page? Okay, I've got this Facebook page and I already said that a, a dead Facebook page, like a stagnant page where the last thing posted was three months ago is almost worse <laughs> than none at all. Uh, it probably is. So do you try, oh, this is hard. A target would be to at least post every day. I am saying this and I'm not even doing this so I understand how hard this is, but that needs to be your target. Let's try to post something every day. So what in the world do you post? Um, Clearly, when you have events coming up, you want to promote them on Facebook. That's pretty obvious. But what else? You can post um, some quotes, like something inspirational. I don't know if teenagers really catch on to that. What really works would be um, picture quotes. So you can create a picture quote or find a picture quote and share it. Um, that kind of stuff is really fun and catchy and just keeps your Facebook page alive. Um, I would really utilize teenagers. We'll talk about that more at the end, actually. But find out. Just get, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I just jumped way ahead of myself. Um, so I would just, I, don't just post just announcements. Put something out there of value. Put something out there that's interesting. 
And check out here. Oh, here's a key thing. Um, when I talked about this church, if anybody wants to look at this afterwards, I went to their Facebook page and I was like taking notes on what they're doing because it's working for them. And they're not just posting announcements. They're talking about what's happening in this service. And this is what happened here. And they're posting pictures. And they're really like giving you a picture of the life of that group. And it's really amazing. So look at what people are doing that's working and try to just copy it. That's, that's brilliant. That's, that's true brilliance right there is see what's working and copy it. That is really what it boils down to. Um, so another thing with social media you can think about would be Facebook groups. This is not something that I have personally seen work super well, but again, in your area, in your context, this may be a really great thing. I am involved in a lot of Facebook groups and there's great community potential in Facebook groups. So you may wanna consider one, maybe the parents, maybe that'd be good for the parents, have a group for the parents so they can connect and get information. Um, maybe for the kids, again, I don't know, kids just, teenagers right now, I'm not sure if Facebook groups is really where they're at, but it totally depends on your area. Um, Thirdly would be Instagram. Set a hashtag for your youth ministry. Along with your branding, choose a hashtag for your youth ministry. When you do that, please search it <laughs> before you start using it everywhere because you just never know what have, might have been associated with that in the past. If you can find a hashtag just by searching on Instagram, if you can find a hashtag that's not really being used by anyone else, then, it's, then just like claim it. I mean, you can't literally claim it, but that's like, that's it. That's the one. Make sure it's really easy and simple. Usually when I type out my hashtags or even URLs, I always capitalize the first letter of every word, even though that's not really necessary, but it helps you kind of read it better. So just think about how you want that to look and then just splash that on everything. Use it weekly, use it all the time. It's really fun, it's a great connection uh, for kids and parents too. Like during events and things, I always love to search hashtags and see what everybody else is posting. Students can really grab onto that too. Then they really, when they get involved with posting pictures, especially on Instagram, um, hashtagging is, is a great, fun way to connect everything. And of course, Instagram videos, it's a fun way to do announcements. Um, pretty sure our last youth ministry, we had, yeah, we had a, a dedicated, we had an account for our youth ministry, an Instagram account. That was probably the most active social media platform for us and um, we did weekly announcements, we did stupid videos, like it was just really, really fun. It was a great connection um, for everybody. And so everyone in our church was on it, it just watching what was happening. It was really enjoyable. Um, I also, I mentioned Twitter and then YouTube. YouTube's an option. YouTube is different than like Vimeo or something like that because it's a social, the social component is huge. But again, just finger on the pulse of what, what your kids are into, so. So um, talking about social media, I felt like it would be really, really crazy of me to not talk about some guidelines because it's just really important to make sure that when we're thinking about social media and how we're presenting ourselves, that we really are on brand and that we really are presenting ourselves in a, in a good light. So here's some, here's some keys for you, some things that um, you may be totally aware of and maybe some things you're like, hmm, never thought of it that way before. So think before you post pictures of students. Be really careful with that. Like with my whole heart, I encourage you to be really cautious. And it's such a bummer because we get great pictures and then we're like, can I post this, can I not? Here's why you wouldn't want to post pictures of students. Some parents are really not into it. I have friends who are kind of scared of the internet. I don't, you know, I don't agree with that. I'm a mom, I post pictures of my daughter. 
we could go into a whole conversation about that. But some parents are just like really nervous about that and they've heard all this stuff about digital footprints and all this stuff. So some parents are just gonna freak out on you. Um, it doesn't happen often, but it could happen. So just be aware of that, that this is someone else's child, this is not your child. You do not have, per if you do not have permission to post their picture, you're in sticky, like you're in sticky territory. So just keep that in mind. Um, another reason it would be really bad to post pictures would be you may have students come into your youth ministry who are um, in a foster home situation. You cannot post their picture on social media. Um, that's really important. And if you don't know much about that, research that. It's really important that you're not posting pictures of kids in your youth ministry who are in foster, foster home. Kind of that's how, how, that's how they're being raised at this point. So it's really important legal issue there. Another thing I thought of, and this, I've seen this happen, would be in custody situations. So we all, again, in our churches, we know there, there might be, um, what if like you have a single mom who's, I mean, she's just gone through a really nasty situation. Her husband was abusive and she finally broke out of that and doesn't want him, her ex-husband, to know where they are, what they're doing. And then all of a sudden her kids' pictures show up on social media and they're tagged and now her husband can figure or ex-husband can figure out where they are like you can really get yourself into nasty situations and you can do more harm than good if you're not careful that that does not mean to not post anything that doesn't mean to just say well we're not going to do this just means be careful something that i would do is anytime you take a trip and you have to have a medical release add to your medical release a section that's really really clear where the parent needs to initial that it's okay for you to use their kids pictures you can look this up on the internet. Again, um, find something. If you have an attorney that your church works with, talk with them. But um, you want a photo release. So especially if you're going to an event then, you know every parent signed off on the photo release. Great, then just post pictures, have fun. You don't even have to worry about it. But I would really encourage you to communicate often with parents that this is a possibility. We do use social media, we take pictures. These things may show up. Please let us know if that's not okay so we can be really careful not to do harm in this situation. So another thing with social media guideline protecting your brand is don't be edgy. Like just don't push the envelope. Don't, if you have like a joke that you think it's really funny and the kids all think it's hilarious, but it's kind of a little crass or a little like on it, just don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not worth affecting the way people view your ministry. It's just not, just don't, don't push the envelope. There's no need to try to be funny or whatever. It's just not, it's not helpful. Um, be careful about sharing posts. Check out the source first. <laughs> like, sometimes something will pop up in my newsfeed, and I want to share it on my blog page because, um, especially if something's viral, I get great traction off of that. And so I'll be like, "Oh, what a cute video of this little panda bear!" And it's from this site called, or this uh, page called like I blank blank love science. And I always see their stuff, and I'm like, "Man, I can't share that." Just be careful when you're sharing stuff. Check out the source that you're sending people to. So it could save you some embarrassment. So just think about it. Um, and then also really, really important is you as youth leaders, as youth pastors, as people investing into your youth, you are part of your brand. So the way you conduct yourself on social media is a huge um, impact on that. So just some thoughts about that. <laughs> um, I, okay, so it, it's just really arguments on Facebook, arguments on social media are just fruitless and do not help at all. So like I posted something last week that um, I just was, I was very frustrated. So the primaries, I was very frustrated about politics. <laughs> I was just really annoyed and I posted this thing. Okay, we'll just, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But I just posted something like, ah, what is wrong with people? And it was just super annoyed. 
I almost took it down. I didn't, but I said I will not do that again. I am done for the rest of this political. I just done. I just done. Um, but I, <laughs> I just was like, oh. So stuff like that. Just stay away from it. It's really not helpful. It does not convince anybody. I mean, really think about it. Like, oh, that person just bashed somebody I I like on social media. I'm definitely going to change my mind about that. Like said no one ever you know that's just not it's not helpful it just doesn't do anything so really stay away from that and protect your yourself and your image as a part of protecting the brand never share anything violent like we don't want to see what someone did to a dog that's horrible like we don't want to see that stuff I know there's terrible terrible things happening all around the world um, in particular something like two years ago people were sharing a lot of stuff about what was going on in the Middle East um, with Christians there being killed and actually posting pictures <laughs> Of dead children and don't do that oh my word don't do that like don't do that just stay away from anything violent you can you can explain a situation without using something graphic you can talk about situations without just being being uh, yeah without promoting something that's violent um, obviously never use anything or share anything or say anything with vulgar language yeah we'll just say that oh and here's the fun one this uh, this really doesn't even have anything to do with the modesty thing, but like, just don't share pictures of yourself in your bathing suit. It's not really like, I, I don't care how hot you look in your Speedo, really don't. Doesn't matter, Does, that's not even actually the point. The point is you need to present yourself as a ministry professional. And so our bathing suits, like, let's just leave that on the beach. You know, we just, that, that doesn't need to be your profile picture. It just does not present you in a professional light. So there we go, I said that. Um, Something my husband did when, um, when he was in full-time ministry that worked really well for him, and this is kind of a mini strategy, it's just an idea, is he did a three-post-a-day uh, target. So he did one post a day that was personal, like pictures of our daughter or his lunch, whatever. Just something fun that makes you feel like a person on social media. Um, another post that was inspirational, so it might have been like a ministry kind of quote or it might have been just some sort of inspirational quote um, and then something spiritual so scripture you know prayer whatever so that worked really really well for him and um, so it's just something to try it's just an idea of how to present yourself in that ministry professional light um, be very oh here's a good one be very careful about posting if you are a full-time youth pastor or actually it doesn't matter what you do be very careful about posting on social media throughout the workday like, even if it's um, ministry-related, just be careful. We've, I, like, having worked more on, like, the network level in youth ministry, I've heard, like, pastors even openly criticize their youth pastors, saying, I feel like we're just paying him to be on Facebook. And you're like, okay. <laughs> huh. So just be careful about that. Be, for instance, I, okay, so I work full-time for the network. Yeah, I know. Um, I work full-time for the network, and that job keeps me plenty busy. I do not have time to be on social media during the day. But I also have this blog on the side. Um, it's not like a huge blog. I, I get like about 80,000 views a month right now. But to keep it active, it's a ton of work. And so there's a lot of social media, a lot of social media pushing all the time, constantly, just pushing, pushing, pushing. So I've made sure everybody around me that works with me knows I schedule all my stuff. I'm not sitting at my desk, you know, working on fine arts like a maniac and then going, you know, that's just not how it works. So, so just open the lines of communication. If you're scheduling things, if you're doing a lot of social media push, if that's just part of what you're doing, just, just make sure people know what you're up to and that, you know, if you are scheduling posts, just say that. Um, but, but just be careful about that. People, people pay attention to that stuff. 
Um, and then one of my personal pet peeves, how should I say this? Okay, avoid appearing disingenuous on social media. What that means is I see a lot of, um, especially pastors who are scheduling all of their posts and you'll see, um, you know, the posts from Hootsuite and it's just, you know, whatever it is and they're scheduling it and you can, if you're paying attention at all, you can immediately see the pattern. So 7 a.m., 12 p.m., 6 p.m. every day from Hootsuite comes these posts. Well, I don't want to interact with that. That's not you. I know that's not you. And people are catching on to this stuff and people are smart. So I'm not really into it. I got other stuff to pay attention to. If you, if you really have something interesting to say, then I'll stop and I'll read it. Also, do interact with people. If people comment on your things, be a person, you know, like their comment or comment back or whatever. Just, just don't be in, yeah. Just say you're trying to push Yes. Really trying to get the word out there. Yeah. Ooh, that's big. That, that's actually a really important thing. And for the sake of the recording, the question is how much is too much when you're trying to push something? So like, let's say you're, you're let's just say you're promoting an event. Um, there, there definitely is too much. We're actually going to talk about that right now. It's a really good segue in what, to, in what I'm about to talk about. We're kind of moving into the communication aspect now um, in the few minutes that we have left. Um, and so here's, here's, here's the target. Let me start with what you should do, and then we'll kind of talk about how much is too much. Because, yes, you can absolutely overwhelm people with communication. One of the keys of that, though, when you're overwhelming people is probably because you're communicating a lot of different messages about the same topic. But, you know, you'll send out an email, and it's, it's this, this, and this. Then you'll send out another email, and it's this, this, and this. And you're just, like, overwhelming people with too much. So trying to be real careful and linear about your communication. Let's bullet point. Let's not use too many words. Why write a paragraph when you can write two sentences and bullet point it? Just be careful about the amount of content you're pouring into people. But... Um, when you're promoting an event, let's talk about event promotion because we do a lot of that and it's really specific. Um, so it's a basic marketing principle that it takes seven touches, touches, not literal touches, seven touches be before someone will internalize and or act upon your call to action. So when you're promoting an event, since we do a lot of that in youth ministry, think about your seven touches. And actually seven touches is the, the base, like that's the minimum. What you really want to target is more like 12, 12 touches. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk about the different uh, ways that you can do these um, marketing promotional touches. And an important part is, um, let's just say we think about one. Okay, so we're going to do church announcements on Sunday morning, and we're going to do that five times. And then we're going to promote in the church bulletin three times. That's eight touches. That is not eight touches. That is just communicating the same message through, through dif two different mediums, not eight so let's think about that. Um, I think the how much is too much question really comes into play when you are using one medium. So let's just say your one way of communication is social media. Just be careful about, this is where your website's a big deal. If you can put, communicate just a simple message on social media and push people to the website where all the content, everything is that they need to know and use really clear bullet points, really clear um, simple text so they can scroll easily and find what they need to know. So that's kind of thing. If you're putting a lot of stuff out there and no one can find it all in one place, it becomes overwhelming. And then it's just too much. So any of your marketing pushes should, all, should always be pushing people back to your website where all the details are. So that's kind of a helpful way to think about it. If you're just giving people pieces of information all over the place, you're not going to communicate the message clearly and you're going to overwhelm people. 
So some, a whole bunch of ways that you can think about for your seven touches. Um, verbal announcements. So youth service, announcements in church, reminders in a staff meeting. Those can be verbal announcements. Um, that's one way. So when you're thinking about your seven touches, you will say verbal announcements, and then off of that, here's how we're going to do that. Here's all the ways we're going to do that. So another one would be your church bulletin, and your, if your church does a newsletter, make sure you're, you're getting in on that. Third way would be email. Email is still pretty effective with parents, some of, half of them. <laughs> the ones that open it will get the information. Um, social media. So again, when you say, okay, we're going to do our fourth touch will be social media. That doesn't mean four is social media, five, or four is Facebook, five. No, no, social media, and then highlight off of that. Here's how we're going to do this on social media. Um, what that's going to look like. Decide ahead of time how you want it to look so it's not confusing. Signage. So banners in the church, posters in your church, posters for students to take home, especially if it's a really big event. Some of this will pertain more to really huge events than your weekly or, you know, occasional smaller events. Um, small posters on community boards, like at Panera or someplace, you know, the community boards in the front. Those can actually be great places to, to promote events. Yard signs. I see a lot of churches doing that little yard signs you stick in. Um, your church sign, if you've got one of those flashy church signs with like all the moving, all right, yeah, <sighs> those are crazy, but you could advertise on those. Um, a banner on the outside of your church or on your church property, it's a great thing to think about. And you can also, some in some cases, get billboard space for decent amount of, you know, it could be expensive, but it depends on where it's at. So something to look into. Uh, number six, another option for those seven touches would be your website. So you can do scrolling slides on your first page. You can do um, a page for your events, and that's kind of what I was talking about, pushing people back to one spot where they can get all of the information that's laid out really, really clearly. That's really helpful. You can do a blog on your home page, which is a really great idea to be blogging. Maybe once a week you write something or you have uh, a student write something. That would be super cool. And just to keep your, that keeps your website looking fresh. There's fresh content, so important. So when people go there, they feel like, okay, this is not a stagnant, dead website. And then also you can do registration right on your website. Yes? As far as blogging, mm -hmm. what would one blog about? Like, even I think. Like, as far as like students blogging. Yeah. I think testimonies are really big, especially after events. Have some students who actually like to write. Not every student wants to write something, and not you don't want every student writing something. Some of them, you, you, no. So that would be great, though. Like, put that out to your students. Um, fine arts has some great writing categories. It'd be a really great place to showcase some of if you've got students that are in fine arts. Um, or if they do something at school and that they, they'd like to showcase, you can do pictures that way too. Like if they create something and they want to talk about it, they want to share about it. Just it's giving your students a platform to share about what God's doing in their life in a creative way. That was so there's tons, tons of ideas on that topic too. I wish we had longer because oh, we could we could really brainstorm some great stuff. Okay, so another possible touch number seven would be flyers. So you can do paper flyers, or you can do um, invite cards that students can pass out. Um, promoting through your students is the most effective way to promote anything anyway, so thinking about how can I resource these students to make this happen. Number eight would be cross-promote with other events. If you've got a huge children's ministry event happening in your church, make sure you are visible and that you can invite people to the next youth ministry event or whatever. So cross-promoting, depending on what the event is. 
video announcements love video announcements so many churches are doing video announcements now so getting your teenage together and putting together something that's quality and short and not weird and terrifying um <laughs> is really fun and that's a great way to engage students because our, our kids really get it like everybody's got an iphone they all know how to make a movie um and so you can you can <laughs> challenge them and give them challenge give them guidelines here's what it cannot be here's what we want here's what you need to say and let's do this in three minutes 90 seconds this makes them really fun and creative it can be really really great and it captures attention better than a lot of things so and you can use that you can use it on sunday morning you can use it if you have youth services on wednesday night or sunday night whatever you can use it there you can put it on social media you can just use it everywhere it's awesome um yes technically you do yeah As long as you don't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I, you do. Yes, you absolutely do. To use images of, of minors under the age of 18, you really need a release. Um, so that's where, as far as the legal stuff, I cannot advise you because it's really not my thing, but sometimes verbal releases in some instances can be okay. But again, um, I would research that more if that's something you're thinking, I need, I, we haven't thought about that at all. Let's really think about that do a lot of research if your church has access to an attorney go that way so yeah definitely for children yeah uh, so yeah definitely definitely for children if at all possible um you can in, you can integrate that into your sign-in process or something but but definitely with children so yes please do It's serious. It's serious. It's a big yeah. thing. I mean, if you think, oh, we're just taking pictures of kids worshiping, you know, have something even at the sign-up desk. And kids have to, if you have to sign up, you yeah. have to sign in to come in. Say, hey, we do take pictures occasionally. Is that okay? Sign this release form right yep. there where they're signing kids in. Yep. So, so important. This is really, it's a really a big thing, and I've seen this a lot. And obviously, in everything we do with all of this, with, you know, marketing and communication and social media and all that, we are trying to do something good, and we don't want to cause harm. That is way more important. You've got to protect these kids, you know. These, these kids, we, we need to be careful. It's really important. So I probably didn't even highlight that enough, but yeah. 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 Group photos are tough. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. And you can explain to them what your mom just had released. So you're there. And it sounds really This is why I know, right? The one kid with the fuzzy face. That's great. But it's really, it is a way to get around it. So if you have a group picture and you find out, okay, we can't have this and this, I'm just, yeah. Just little photos. Yeah, put your face in. Like you can have your face in like eight times. Make it fun, whatever. Um, but it's also a great point. I, like, <laughs> Matt was there like 18 times over. How did that happen? Yeah, be careful with group photos. Still, it's still the same thing. You have still, like, put, you've exposed that kid, you know, publicly. And if that's fine with parents, like, for me, I don't, I don't have to worry about this with my daughter. And I love to see pictures of my little four-year-old in her class at church when they post them. They've never asked me, but I love it. I know, though, that other parents will not feel the same way. 
So just, just be careful because at the same point where when you take a bunch of kids to an event, parents love to see most of the time want to see what's happening at the event and using social media at events is awesome it's a great way to really rally support for your ministry because people get to see what's happening but only if it's not a danger to those kids so it's like it's either really really good or really really bad so just try to try to be very careful about that yep yes most of the time like like foster parents, I've had, um, I've been in the nursery before, and we weren't taking pictures of the kids. That wasn't something we were doing. But a, a parent visited the church, and they were they were bringing their foster child in. They said, just so you know, please don't take pictures. Please this, this, and this, because this, this is our foster daughter. And so we Im- immediately understood, okay. But sometimes parents are in a situation, like we're talking about, like what Hannah talked about with like a crisis situation. The first thing on that mother's mind is not like, you know, making sure I tell everybody about social media. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's not a, in someone's mind until it becomes a problem. So we got to make sure it's in our mind. We got to make sure we are covering that with people and putting that message out. So if you send an e-newsletter out to parents, put that in the bottom of every single e-newsletter. If kids are signing in, um, you know, and you know they're brand new, have some sort of a statement that you give the parents or something that they know so they can communicate with you if it's a problem. So, yeah, super important to be safe. It's a big one. Okay, so phone calls, another possible touch for promoting and marketing. Takes a ton of time, but it's effective. Text messaging, huge, especially with teenagers. Um, And on your your little resource sheet there, I have a couple options for mass texting. It's not free. Most everything here I was targeting free or cheap because, like, yeah, we don't have money, so... I was really trying to target free or cheap options, but texting does cost money, but it's super, super effective. So mass texting, you can have a certain designated number that people text into, and then they'll start getting the text updates. It's a great way to communicate with kids and parents. Um, Local ads, so if you're doing a big event, think about radio, TV, newspaper, and websites. Even TV, when I say TV, I'm not talking like big TV ads, obviously, but sometimes those little like local stations are pretty cheap. So something to think about. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and then finally, another possible touch would be um, mailings. Mailing stuff to houses. Um, I have more, but like really at this point, we can just kind of do some Q&A because we're done. So um, this is like a topic I could talk about all day, every day. I have tons of ideas. Um, something I was going to mention to you just as a resource is feel free to email me. Um, oh, okay, I'll just tell you. My, my PowerPoint had this cool thing on it, but anyways. My email address, I'm going to give you my personal email address. You can always email me if you um, need to at the Network Resource Center. You can find me on their website. But my personal email address is a great way to contact me if you have questions beyond this. It is Carissa Shaw, C-A-R-I-S-S-A-S-H-A-W dot all in all, A-L-L-I-N-A-L-L. That's actually the name of my blog, at gmail.com. And then my husband is the social media, well, Facebook genius. We were actually comparing notes last year. This is so annoying. Um, We were comparing notes last year, and I was like, he said, well, how many followers do you have on Facebook now? Because Facebook's not really a huge push in mind for my blog. I'm really, like, huge on Pinterest. But we only talk about Pinterest today. So... I said, oh, I think I'm up to like 3,000, you know, followers. And he's like, oh, 
that's great. Like, well, how cute. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, how many do you have? And he's like, 13, 14,000. I'm like, you just started your page last month. Like, how are you doing this? And he's so annoyed with him. But um, he pretty much uses his page mostly for business and stuff like that. And he has like 13, well, I don't even know what he has now. I've stopped looking. I probably unfollowed him because I was just annoyed with him. But he's really, really amazing. So um, something I would encourage you to do, I'm gonna give you his email address. If you ever wanna do Facebook boosting, which is when you're gonna promote an event, you're gonna pay to promote an event on Facebook, um, he would be happy to talk with you. And he said he can dedicate you know, 30 minutes to whoever wants to talk with him. He actually consults on this as like, part of what he does for a living but he'd be happy like having have you know a big background in youth ministry and children's ministry it's really a passion of his to help um other other you know help resource other people and network so he'd be happy if um to help you give you some ideas of how to do an effective facebook boost because if you're going to spend you know 50 bucks on an ad you want the biggest bang for your buck and i was actually talking with a friend of mine who, <laughs> excuse me a friend of mine who also works at the network resource center and uh she for a church event they decided to do a facebook boost i think they boosted i don't know maybe ten dollars or something like that and within a day they had the event full like so like to capacity from people in the community not even from their church people because people were seeing this on facebook and they're like oh what a cool event let's go it's at that church down the road let's try it let's check it out huge huge impact so for you know fifty dollars is a really significant amount of money to put into a facebook boost you're going to get really really good traction with that amount of money you could even do much less and jo my husband josh he's just the master so if you want to email him his email address is joshua joshua j-o-s-h-u-a r shaw s-h-a-w at gmail.com he would be happy to talk with you so are there any questions before This is from PENews.com, and you can search for church planning takes to social media. It's, um, it's really cool. Church planting takes to social media. Yeah, it was really neat. I, I encouraged me because I've had personal experience with that, and I really believe social media works. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, so Snapchat's question, huge. My question would be is like, how have you seen any churches that actually been really effective Snapchat? Like, if they have one, like, just. Mm -hmm. I haven't. I haven't heard anything like that. But my husband used Snapchat a lot. He got into using Snapchat because of the kids and the youth ministry. And this is where the personal connection, the personal relationship is really a big part. I mean, that is the brand. <laughs> like That is really it. It's about relationship and connection. So as the youth pastor, he had a Snapchat account and he was always Snapchatting. It was so annoying. And they'd be, we'd be like taking like silly selfies or whatever. And it was fun. It just helped build relationship. It fostered that relationship um, that social media can have. So Snapchat's really fun. I just don't know how to use it for, from like a, let's really market something event. I mean, you could do a fun, like, I don't know, any ideas? Yeah, that's true. Announcements. Yeah. To me, that's the power of Snapchat is that the kids are really engaged with it. So let them, let them promote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, so, well, and, and like Hootsuite, you can, yeah, scheduling is a really helpful thing to me, but it's not necessarily that great to everyone that's reading it. But some people aren't really that clued in, to be honest. I'm way more clued into that than a lot of people, so when I see all these scheduled posts, I'm just like, next. And it might be more helpful to me because I might be marketing more for the parents yes. than I am to like the teenager that has yeah. Right. I don't know. How does anybody live? Like, I don't know well, how we have time. Really test, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Scheduling is a powerful, powerful tool. Um, again, I'm going back to my blogger roots here because I would never use a scheduler for Facebook because Facebook will then not show my posts. The Facebook algorithm is going to go eh, and like probably not promote not let my post be seen to as many people because I didn't schedule it through Facebook. Now, if you have a Facebook page, it's super easy to schedule your post and no one's gonna know. So if you're trying to like schedule posts from your Facebook page, you can just go on there, write out the post, set the time that you want it to post and it'll do it. It's awesome, it's awesome. Yep, schedule your week out. Yeah, schedule your week. I just tend to like, Fine arts is coming up. Don't we know it? Yeah. No, scheduling is very, very powerful. Just be careful about how you do it. When people start scheduling all their personal posts, I'm just like, why? Like, why? Why? You know? <laughs> Schedule some personal posts, but like when everything that you're posting is out, I'm just like, unfollow. Like, I just don't, don't want to see your, I don't, you know, people don't want to feel like you're marketing to them. You know? Marketing strategy, part of it is that. It's, it's your strategy. You don't need to tell everybody, hey, here's my strategy to communicate with all you people. Like, just, you know, just let it feel natural. Anything else? I've used the scheduling for, I'm also in Tokyo. Uh, there was a series we did, I don't know what it was, but uh, scheduled the whole week. Yes. It's a great idea. Yeah. That's a great way too, like in, and in youth ministry, maybe to schedule out something that kids are expecting. So you're gonna do like a promotion, let everybody know, hey, this is gonna be happening on our Facebook page. We've got this cool thing happening this week. I don't know, whatever that could be. And schedule it so that you're not every day having to stop and stop what you're doing. Just do it all at once. Really just manage your time. It's just time management, it's better. Or even something around your Sunday. Yeah. Scheduling is amazing. I think on here I mentioned obviously Hootsuite is a big one, but Buffer. Buffer is another one. Oh, If This Then That, IFTTT, it's a great one. You can actually set up um, recipes where you say, if I do this, then this happens. So if I post to Facebook, then it also um, hits Twitter. Or if I post to the website, it automatically posts on our Facebook page, whatever. You set up whatever recipes you want, and then it happens automatically. Again, time management, because we have a million things to do here. Like. We don't have time to mess around. So if this, then that's really, and then I don't know what Zoho is, but someone said it's awesome. So I put it on there, but anything else? Yeah. I'm still working on, on the free end, maybe really the cheap end of, uh, yeah. back to photo, photo editing. Um, I used to do bootlegs Photoshop like yes. 10 years ago. Now it's not, that's, sponsor can't do that. Stuff. Now I'm like, why am I using ripped off stuff for ministry stuff? Like yep. Anyway, so. That's a good point. Thank you well, for being honest. How does that honor God? If we're still so, but anyway.
Canva. Well, man, I wish I had my PowerPoint because I had some cool examples for you. Yeah. Exactly. Also, if you just feel like looking me up today, CarissaShaw.com, anything that I have visually on my website, I made in PicMonkey. So PicMonkey is real basic photo editing. It's not nearly as powerful as Photoshop. Like for my actual day job, I use Photoshop, Lightroom, all that. But I just don't have time to mess with it, and I also don't want to pay for it on my personal computer. So I just use PicMonkey because it's easy. Um, it's free. At least I only use the free version. There's a paid version, but I use the free version. So you can make cool pictures. Um, I gave a couple resources for stock photos. Three of them are free, free um, public domain images. Lightstock.com is where I get most of my stock images, especially for church ministry stuff. That's um, it's great, and they do a free picture every week. So get the free picture and save all those. But then you can go into PicMonkey and you can make um, picture with text over it. You can make announcements. You can make full size. I made um, printables, full size sheet printables. For my, for my blog and you can make um, flyers, anything you want in there. It's really easy. It is simplified, but I've done some pretty cool stuff on it in it. So, PicMonkey's my favorite. Other people use Canva. I'm a PicMonkey girl. Yeah, yep, very similar. Just find one that you like that works for you and enjoy. All right, thank you everybody. It was really fun.